Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Welcome to episode 107 of the Degenerates Clubhouse. I did want to tell you, I took, uh, Mondo was not feeling too well yesterday. You had some some tummy problems? Uh, late Friday and all of Saturday, yeah. It did not sound fun. No. Do you, do you want to just scare off all the listeners and describe those tummy troubles in graphic detail? What, Please don't. What, what was the name of the segment you had called? It was like... Uh, oh, Adventures in Pooping. Adventures in Pooping, but this time it's the Armando edition, volume one for Armando. So Friday... You know, Thursday, Friday, I I tend to meal prep during the week. So usually what I eat, I eat for a couple of days, not like I eat for the one day. So I, whatever I ate Friday for lunch was the same meal I had like Thursday for lunch. It, was, it, it wasn't what I cooked. The only other meal I had that night was... Was it like raw eggs and three-day-old bologna? No. Because <laughs> the way you described it, that would have explained it. It was some pasta and, uh, and a little pork, pork chop, pork cutlet. So aside from... That lunch, the only other meal I had on on Thursday, Thursday evening, was we went to the brewery and there's a food truck there. We tend to go to that brewery all the time, specifically for that food truck. Their food is amazing. Anyway, I I, I pin it to to the food I ate that day at the food truck. Like within an hour, I had to take a shit. I was still at the brewery, and I was like, oh, tummy gurgling. I gotta go poo. You know, fuck it. I'm gonna go take a shit at the brewery. I go to the brewery restroom. I couldn't go because someone else was taking a shit there. It's like, oh, fuck. So I basically like finished whatever beer I had there, and I told the guys I was there. I was like, I got to peace out. I got to go home. I didn't tell them why. You know, 10 minutes later, like I was like, oh, I really got to go. Like, So I, my branch is like right there from the brewery. So I went to the to the branch, texted my branch manager. I was like, hey, by the way, the alarm's going to go off right now. I'll disarm it, but just so you know, it's me going in. It's not getting broken into. He's oh, like, sorry. Oh. I thought the alarm that that was code word for you had to take a <laughs> diarrhea shit. The alarm's I, gonna go off. I, I told evacuate him, the building. I told him I was gonna go use the men's room, so I think he understood. Because if I, if it's you're a guy, you got to pee. You could just pull over, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think he understood. Go to the branch, take a shit, whatever. Get home that night, no big deal. Watch some TV, go to sleep. Friday, I felt like drained, like wiped out and no energy. Like I was like, Oh fuck. I'm going to have, I really, my, my, I was like, I'm going to get COVID again. Like I'm going to get COVID times two. This is fuck. This sucks. I just got back from it. And, uh, you know, I get up and I, and I don't have breakfast. I don't have a ton, you know, I don't don't have an appetite. I drink a little bit of water. I'm like, Oh, I gotta take shit. This was like at six in the morning on Friday. And I go and I evacuate the bowels. I pee out of my butt. I'm like, fuck, I gotta go to work. I'm still feeling lethargic. I get dressed. I go to work. I do about half a day of work, and and, and I probably took another shit during the course of that half day. And I was just, again, I was still feeling wiped out. Like, I was just drained. I was no energy. I call it a day, like, at 1 or 2. I come home, and I'm just shitting, like, every 30, 45 minutes. Fluids just... You know, you know how my adventures in pooping stories are at least a little bit fun and whimsical. Like, is, is there any part of this that just no, isn't grotesque? Not fun and whimsical. It's, it's. I think it's funny that you, you know, describing pooing, uh, peeing coming out of your butt. But anyway, Saturday comes around. Aaron texts me in the morning. He's like, "Hey, you want to go for a hike?" I'm like, 
Probably not. I got tummy issues, and so Aaron took Violet to, you know, whatever. I mean, although, again, I always stress this. If you have never had the pleasure of just popping a squat against a tree trunk and shooting in the woods, guys are missing out. It's fun. You know what? Um, it's freeing. I would have done it had it... It's so infrequent. Like, when you, when you have to go and you're like, oh, I got to go, it mm-hmm. was so infrequent. You didn't know when it's going to come, and it just hits you that I was like, I'm not going to go on a hike and then like, hey, Aaron, I'm going to... Really quick, let me go to this tree and just fucking shit and hope that no, you know, hikers. Mondo, it's the best when it snowed and you can wipe your butt with just fresh, untouched snow. No, oh, I've it feels done that so be- good. It's icy. I've done it before, once before. No, I was not. I was not going to do that for this. But so while you were under the weather, I took Violet and Finn for a walk at Bear Creek Lake Mountain Park. Which I, lo- I really love that they just couldn't settle on one thing. They were like, we're just going to throw all the names in this park. Bear Creek Lake Mountain Stream River Forest Park. Is that what it's called now? What's that? Is that what it's called now? No, I just added those, those oh, okay. extra ones. All right. Make it because they, they did throw a lot of, in the actual name, there, there were, it could have just been Bear Park. Not not central to the story. I did have a, just a gray day shit there myself. They have little like restrooms and porta. Yeah, they're they're actually one's... nicer than porta potties. They're like structured buildings. That's beside the point. I do remember thinking right when I got there with them, like, oh, no, I wonder if I got myself in over my head. Because, you know, my experience with Violet, she can be a little bit all over the place. Oh, yeah. Very, very high energy. I'm like, is this going to be a complete unmitigated disaster? And right when we started working, uh, walking it, they were kind of going in different directions and everything like that. I was really proud of Finn. I was like, Finn, like, go in front. I don't know if he just go, he knows that word or, or what, but he's like, oh, okay. And then he just walks in front and he's got a retractable leash so he could walk a little bit in front of her. And then Violet saw him in front. She's like, oh, we're going that way. And then for the rest of the walk, they're just walking kind of in a line. Uh, you know, Finn was stopping and smelling things. And Violet is just all gas, no brakes, straightforward. She's like, we're going forward. I can go forward. We're going to go forward. What's happening? What's up there? I want to go see what's up there. Like Finn's like, well, I want to smell this bush. Violet's like, put the thing up there, the thing up there the whole way. And I remember thinking, like, she's going to get tired out at some point. Like, at some point, you know, we're walking farther than probably she's ever walked before. Like, we're, you know, we're going up terrain. Not once. Not once did she even slow down a little bit. There was one part, too, when it was it was before it got uh, a little bit overcast, where Finn, who's just got, like, a, a massive Cruella DeVille-sized winter fur coat, all black, was getting hot because he was getting hit by the sun. And he's just like, is this puppy going to slow up? Like, fuck. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I got to, you know... One of the funniest parts of the walk was we got to a shady part where we were climbing up. There's a, like a little baby mountain in Bear Creek Lake Park, and we're climbing up it, and it was uh, covered in, in, in shade, and there was still some snow there. And that's Finn's like power-up move. Yeah. He's like, oh, snow. Like I'm going to shove my face in it. I'm going to roll around in it. And Violet was just looking. I'm like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? That's the cold <laughs> stuff. What do you? And she's like, she kind of like started to go into it. And she's like, oh, no, that's cold stuff. Get out of there. I mean, it was it was like um, like people in the movie Jaws when they, when they see a swimmer. And they're like, get out of the water. It's not safe. That she had that look. And then Finn gets up and he starts eating it. And then she's like, oh, I'm going to try that. And so they're both eating snow. And she's, so I think she learned. I think he's mentoring her a little bit. Um, but to me, the, the funniest part of the whole walk was on the descent on the other side of that little mountain. Because I've gone that direction with Finn. And there is just a whole colony of prairie dogs. Ooh. The other times I've, I've gone with Finn, there's usually like one or two out. And, they, you know, they, they're very vocal because they, they warn each other that there's a potential threat. So they'll pop out and go, beep, 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 and then pop back in. 
And when it was just a couple, Finn was like, what, what the fuck is that? Oh, okay, it's gone. And he wasn't too worried about it. For whatever reason, this time, they were all out. There were like hundreds of them. Literally. I mean, there probably were like 120 prairie dogs just when popping out. Why not 125? Uh because I did an exact mental count. Okay. I assessed the situation. I did an ocular uh, pat down. Okay. And that was the number, 120, exactly. Terminator. Exactly. Finn is just going fucking nuts, right? He's This This was like his 300 moment where he's just like, all right, it's me, Finn, versus this whole horde of prairie dog whores, and I will defeat them. And like Violet's just like, do, 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 let's go forward. All gas, no breaks. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. And Finn's like freaking out. Like he's sw- head on a swivel. Like he keep, keeps wanting to like go at them. And I'm, I'm like trying to trying to get him in line. Because for the most part, he was been like sort of calm, focused one on the walk. And like he's just he's just ready to like Sparta kick these prairie dogs like off the mountain. Violet, I think we learned, does not have a prey drive yet. Because she was, I, for all I knew, she did not, was not even aware that there were prairie dogs Tripping at her. She sees rabbits when we go on our walk and she wants to dash at them, but I've got her leash and she's hmm. just like, uh, and she like stops. Yeah. So, so yeah, Finn's try, trying to fight the prairie dogs. Violet just wants to go full bore ahead. They, they've both been doing very good with sits. So I get to the bottom of this like little, little mountain and the prairie dogs are behind us. I, you know, I, I tell them to do a sit and they both, they both sit and I'm like, all right, good. And I'm going to get like a treat uh, out of my pocket and Finn's like, no, I fuck this. I'm killing these motherfuckers. Mm. And he like goes after. He actually pulled the leash out of my hands. Ooh. And he goes one way. And then Violet goes the other way. And uh, that's actually when I thought, because you had this like little um, clip on to your, her leash where you, you store poo bags. Uh-huh. And I thought when I dropped the leash that I, I'd left it there. Because I didn't I didn't notice that, that it had fallen off. I was like, well, okay, do I stop Finn from trying to fight the prairie dogs? Or do I just let Violet <laughs> I go after Violet, who's in the opposite direction. I was like, "All right, Finn, you know what? You're a grown dog. You're you're, you're on your own, buddy. Like, if you get bit in the face by a prairie dog, it's on you, little fucker." Luckily, like Violet didn't go too far. She was just like, "Yeah." She, you know, she was like, "Wait, we're going, we're going. Wait, where, where is everyone?" That kind of thing, where you know, like uh, in the movies, where like someone goes and they look behind him and like, "Where did everyone go?" She kind of did that. So I pick up her leash and I and I whistle Finn, and he, he comes back. And he got admonished a little bit. He was still, he was like super triggered uh, until we were out of earshot of the prairie dogs. But the, yeah, the reason we took so long to get back was because like a mile later, I realized your your little like poo bag holder was gone. We went all the way back to the prairie dogs and Finn was like, yes, that's it. I thought you, I thought you fucking pussied out, but now we're going to go kill those bastards. And no, no, we didn't, we didn't kill them and we didn't find your poo bag. And then we walk all the way back to the car and like 200 yards in front of the car, there it was just sitting there. Pretty good. But yeah, it was Finn, Finn's th- 300 moment and uh, still, still, you know, prairie dogs uh, are undefeated. No, no kills for Finn. We went from a story where I couldn't prairie dog to a story where there was a bunch of prairie dogs. Oh, that was a good, that was a good Mondo. Waka, waka, waka. No, there was no prairie dogging in my story. Like it was, it was coming out. The the Groundhog Day was yesterday. Oh, oh no, we we get it. We understand. <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> I, like, I like it. We're we're you you're using an analogy, and then like just in case, let me start to describe it graphically. Like yeah, you know, that's that's okay. If um, I could draw a picture and put it up like on the screen, I would do that. But I don't think people would appreciate that. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. To Florida Man, 
Florida man Causing mayhem when he can Driving drunk as a rule Alligators in his pool of cloud Here comes the Florida man oh. I wish I could sing like that <laughs> Florida man This one got me excited when I saw it Florida man, damn wideneck, arrested for aggravated stalking, not paying child support. You're disappointed. Just so, so for anyone listening who is not familiar with damn wideneck, uh, this is an African-American gentleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's sort of like a social media star. Can we call him a star? A, he, yeah, a social he, media personality, YouTube, Instagram. I don't know if TikTok. I don't. I don't do TikTok, so maybe. But know. but the main sort of draw of him, like the moniker "Damn Wide Neck," suggests is that he's a damn wide neck. It's it's like Google just Google "Damn Wide Neck," no spaces, and you'll see what we're talking. about. You've probably seen him before. Like the dude has no neck. It's like a triangle coming it's, off it's his like head. If if guys, have you ever seen it? Like a uh, a tree that's been cut at the stump. Where it's the stump's like really wide at the ground, and then it kind of narrows to where the tree would be. That's this dude's neck. He's yeah. got a fucking tree stump that his head is attached to. The article starts with Florida rapper known on Instagram as Damn Wideneck is behind bars again, this time for aggravated stalking and withholding child support. He is being held on a seven thousand five hundred seventy dollar total bond. The Pensacola man leveraged his viral mugshot in 2018 on multiple charges after he was allegedly found with a fanny pack carrying cocaine, <laughs> crack cocaine, meth, and other narcotics. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. So first of all, I didn't know that his his internet fame uh, was off of a mugshot. There's there's other people I remember. There's the one uh, guy who became a male model. Do you know what I'm talking about? Kind of like a light-skinned black dude. Really, really oh, good yeah, lucky yeah. with the teardrop. Like, he had like, a, like greenish eyes or hazel eyes or something. Yeah, yeah and people saw his mugshot and panties dropped. Um, yeah. Vaginas got wet. It was the whole the whole deal. And that one made sense. I didn't know Dan Wideneck rose to fame similarly because of a mugshot. Probably not quite the same effect. Yeah. But, but holy crap. I, I just want to focus on not only the fact was he carrying cocaine, <laughs> cocaine, crack cocaine, meth, and other narcotics? I mean, it seemed like he just wanted to have a whole grab bag. It was the fact something that, that he was carrying them in a fanny pack. Like, I, I want to imagine it was a sort of a fluorescent orange and yellow fanny pack, maybe a little purple in there. I mean, that is just next level Florida shit. Next level? Get next, it? next level. Next level? Uh, after he posted Bond in 2018, he wasted no time capitalizing off of his newfound wideneck persona by creating an Instagram account with the username name Damn Wideneck. All one word, no spaces. According to his latest arrest report from Sunday, McDowell committed the offense of aggravated stalking on August 24th in Escambia County, wherever the fuck that is, Florida somewhere. He was wanted on that stalking warrant and cops caught up with him over the weekend. I the only time I'd heard of the damn wide neck thing was that when they did the whole duo damn wide neck and the damn skinny neck or tall neck or whatever the other mm-hmm. skinny white guy, they were doing like funny shit together. Like you know the one guy that had the long thin neck and and then the one guy that had the big, you know they were they made a good duo, and uh, 
Yeah, I remember that little stint. You know, as as social media comes and goes, so do the, its stars, quote unquote stars. And I I'd seen them somewhere on social media beforehand, but the collab that he did that I was most aware of was the the uh, director of like medical services. I think it was the, the title at Jackson Wink is a chiropractor named Bo Hightower. And uh, and Bo has a, a Instagram channel. There, I don't know if you know, there's this like whole uh, subclass of like YouTube uh, stars or whatever you want to call them. And it's just chiropractors. Because I guess people have like immense pleasure when they just hear the chiropractic like pops and snaps. Uh-huh. Uh, for, for some reason, it makes me think that I guess there's also uh, another cl- like class of YouTubers that like are pimple poppers, mm-hmm. which that one is just kind of gross and icky. There's get, a lot of people that like that shit. It's I, gross I, to me, but I get the chiropractic one more. So wait, is it like an ASMR, but just neck popping or what? It- no, I mean, so it's it's usually it's at least with uh, Bo Hightower's videos, it's like he'll he'll get you know people to come in. They get some on the table. He's doing their treatments. You know, he's they're kind of taking it through. And a lot of it isn't just the treatment itself. It's like how the person reacts to the treatment. You know, he'll crack, you know, something. And they'll be like, oh, my God. Oh, oh wow, that feels so good. You know, it's kind of like um, – and some of them – some of the stuff – because I actually was uh, down in New Mexico and, and had treatment from him twice. And, like, some of this stuff does hurt, but I think the fighters in particular – give these really exaggerated responses. We're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. So bad. You know, it's like, bro, like you get punched in the face for a living. Yeah. Chill out. Cause I do remember he did a video with Diego Sanchez and Diego was like squealing like a little kid. I'm like, bro, like yeah. just, just chill. But you know, it's everything for the content. But as Bo has gotten more po- uh, popular and risen to YouTube fame, he started doing, like collabs, right? Where he's got <laughs> he's got people from the social media world coming in. He did one with damn wide neck, and he did one. I mean, like that had to be the ultimate one. If if he can get tall neck and wide neck in a, a, a the same video, I mean, that would just be next level. But yeah, he's he's done a lot of them, and I saw him <laughs> adjust damn wide neck's neck, and I was like, holy shit, man, you earned your money that day, Doctor Hightower. I was trying to look up what disease or whatever that guy damn white neck has and and i didn't do a very thorough uh search but i couldn't find oh shit mondo i'm looking at his insert his uh youtube channel he he didn't do a simultaneous video with long neck and wide neck but he did have long neck on to do adjustments and that video has two million views pretty good yeah if you if you guys are get off on like chiropractic adjustments dr bo hightower he's got 1.55 million subscribers probably makes more on his youtube channel than he does from actually being a chiropractor you think so yeah that's crazy it's crazy to think that you can make more money than your job well anyway um moving on from florida man we're going to the next segment called ask reddit Aaron, Reddit question number one. What's an experience that will haunt you forever? Uh, I'm trying to remember one that's like not super, super dark. So I, 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 went, I went back, like childhood. Okay. Uh, and I remember this was in uh, the second house we lived in in suburban Philadelphia. So it was probably somewhere like fourth grade maybe, okay. like, like around that age. And... It was it was around Christmas time, around this you know time of the, the holidays, gift giving, everything, and I had gotten my dad just one of those like red Swiss Army knives for Christmas, 
being a little kid, I was like, oh, oh I have to. Well, I wanted to play with it, basically. I wanted to play with, with his Swiss Army knife present. I was like, I have to I have to clean it. I have to open everything up and make sure it's good. Um, <laughs> and then I managed to just close it right on my left index finger. Oh, shit. And like all the way? Like hard? Like, like you can... Yeah, I'll, I'll show you, but like there's still a big scar right there uh, on my left. Yeah, like it closed and I'm just like... <gasps> and you know, there's that sometimes like a second or two for your brain to even register that there's something painful uh-huh. and i'm just like looking at it yes with this this thing closed on my finger i mean you know it's 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 spring so it's not like clamp shut it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> i didn't slice my finger off um yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah it was pretty d- down to the bone and i'm like like a little bit in shock now and i'm like and i take it off and then it just starts gushing blood and it was it was that old kind of um you know, those like really small, like hexagon bathroom tiles. Uh-huh. So this was in the bathroom and I'm just bleeding all over the, the bathroom and I don't know what to do. And I don't want to, I don't want to go wake my parents up. Cause remember this is at night. Uh-huh. Cause I'm like, well, I'm going to ruin the surprise of the Christmas present. They're going to be like, how did you, <laughs> how did you get, how, how did you create this crime scene in our bathroom? You fucking idiot. I'm like, well, I did it. So I didn't want to tell anyone. And I just remember uh, bleeding all over the bathroom floor, there's like there's a a a pool forming, and then I don't know what to to really do, so I just start like trying to suck on it, uh-huh. and then I still just remember like sucking on my finger and that metallic iron taste of blood, like just blood gushing and flowing down the back of my throat, and I also remember being confused because I don't think I'd really ever tasted. A large quantity of blood before. I don't know. I don't know what your childhood was like, Mondo. But uh-huh. I'd, n- I'd never been drinking uh, any substantial volume of blood before. I remember thinking, "Oh, it tastes like really metally. That's weird." And I didn't, you know, I was whatever in fourth grade, so I didn't know. Oh, your blood has iron content and everything like that. So I remember both being intrigued that my blood tasted like metal, and also sort of horrified, just just drinking a bunch of my own blood. So that was fun. Uh, I, I did I did clean the pocket knife up before I gave it to my dad. That would have been a banger of a Christmas present. Just don't do anything. Just like give it here, back to all. Here you go, Dad. There's just blood all over it. I swear I didn't kill anybody with it, Dad. <laughs> um, what's funny is when you were retelling your story, I thought of another. It's not haunting for me. It was it was actually more comedic for me. But it's an experience where. I'll tell my haunting story in a little bit, but my uncle and I worked together for, I don't know, three, four years um, when I was like 23, 22. He got me a job and he claimed, he claimed to have gotten out of his car and then closed the door on his nuts. Mm. Explain. I don't know. I don't know how that happens. Like, like, were you like that close to your car? Were you like my? I, I don't have a. I don't, was was your uncle older than seventy? No, no, no. He's only like maybe five, ten years older than me. He's not that much older, but so, somehow he closed. But but just on his nuts because I I could see. Well, maybe he's got maybe he got his dingleberry. Here's his dingle too. But I don't remember. I just remember him saying he coming into the branch and like him holding his crotch area. I just feel like, like uncle, uh, are your nuts longer than your dick? Yeah. It was just, it was just <laughs> how? bizarre how that anyway, that the, your story of closing the knife on reminded me of, uh, uh, my haunting story. I actually had one that was more depressing, so I'm not going to tell that one, but the one that did when you were telling your story that, that sparked my memory of, I think this happened to my little brother twice. 
uh, we used to have when we were, I'm talking about like he was a baby and I was like six or something. I don't remember exactly how old I was. We had a babysitter that was like a neighbor of ours. You know, the babysitter would bathe my brother and like throw me in the shower or whatever. And I don't know how exactly it happened, but somehow either she like accidentally dropped my brother in the shower or he slipped and fell in the shower and like split his head open like pretty fucking bad. He still has a scar in the middle of his, I think he still has a scar in the middle of his forehead. He's the Mexican Harry Potter. Dude, it's, well, it's not like, doesn't Harry Potter have like his eyebrow or something? No, he's got a scar on his forehead. Is it? Yeah. Oh, but his goes like north-south. My brother's goes like horizontally. Yeah, because he's it's Mexican. Exactly. <laughs> he's closer to the border. Yeah. Um, but I remember like seeing all the blood and obviously he was in the, there in the shower. So the blood's just like, you know, blood and water is just going down the drain. So you don't really see the amount of blood, but it's, it was scary to see like my little baby brother and him bleeding and like thinking like, holy shit, he's in the fuck. Like, I think you're a fucking dumb kid. You're like, oh my God, he's going to die. It, it was a nasty enough cut and deep enough, I'm sure. But it was just like a scary, like, like, oh shit, I'm scared moment that, uh, and like I said, it happened to him twice. How the fuck it happens to him twice? I don't know, but it happened to him twice. Um, one of those created a... I think it's called having bad parents. <laughs> probably. Well, my my mom, my mom, when we were that age, had like... She, was, she never kept jobs. It was like part-time job. From part-time job to part-time job to part-time job. It was never like a consistent, steady job. My dad had like a job where he had to go in, like either work the graveyard shifts... Or he had to like start at four in the morning, five in the morning. He had fucked up hours. So there was no out but to and my grandparents lived down the street, but they had jobs too. Yeah. Just to be clear, that was that was that was a joke. Yeah, I know. But uh no, it was that that was scary to see my little brother like, oh my God, you know, fuck, like panicking and I'm six. What the fuck do I do? Or whatever, you know. Um You you just suck the blood out of his yeah. forehead. That's what you do. <laughs> That's gross. Um Let's see what some of the Redders have had to say. Oh, wait. Side note, though. If they do make uh, a Mexican version of Harry Potter, I would read the shit out of Enrique Potter. Enrique Potter? (laughs) Let's write one, dude. Um, Let's read some of the uh, what the Redders have had to say. They're rather long, so I'm only going to read the first two that popped up because they tend to be the ones that uh, have the most hits. But uh, user Modrynik writes, When I was a trainee nurse and a young guy around 40 died suddenly, no warnings, just had a sudden heart failure, couldn't be brought back. He was in the hospital because of something completely different and was in good shape. No clue what killed him. Also, quite the nice guy. Still, death is nothing out of the ordinary in a hospital. Even as a trainee, you get pretty quickly accustomed to it. Uh, they spelled accustomed wrong. It would have been a day like most others. But about five minutes after we stopped CPR, right while a colleague tried to call this guy's relative to tell him he has died, his wife plus two... About 10-year-old daughters came to visit dad. I knew them from another visit some days prior, and when I saw them strolling towards our station, the children happy, the wife grinning, knowing that in about 10 seconds their world would change forever. I hardly held back my tears. Wow. User FugAWF writes, having to be the decision maker on pulling the plug while oh. my dad was in a coma. That sucks. Uh, I was assured there was zero brain activity and the life support was the only thing that kept him going. The nurses told me I was making the right decision because if by some miracle he did wake up, he would be a brain-dead vegetable. I did what I felt was the best thing for him at the time. Not every time I see a damn story about someone in a coma that wakes up unexpected, unexpectedly or after a very long period of time. 
I questioned myself. Did I wait long enough? Did I do the right thing? Was there a chance that my dad would have been normal or semi-normal if he did wake up? I'll never know. All I know is that I'm the one who killed him with that decision, and I miss him dearly every day. He was too young to go. That sucks. Can I can I add one? This isn't for me. That actually just reminded me. There there's a, a MMA Instagram account. It's mostly just memes, uh-huh. but if you follow it, it's MMA nerds. And if you follow uh, his account or have followed his account in his stories, he just his Instagram stories. He'll we'll talk about like really personal stuff and the sort of whole history of him and his dad and everything was sort of like played out. Uh, Cause he used to do all these Q and A's and basically, I mean, he was, I think he was like in his early twenties when this all happened, but his dad got like throat cancer, lifelong smoker by his own description and his admission. His dad was just a complete piece of shit, like, uh-huh. like racist, like just terrible human being, like belittled him and his mom. Um, and his dad gets, gets cancer and he has to basically just become his dad's full-time caretaker uh-huh. all while his dad was just like extremely abusive to him and also would not stop smoking his dad wouldn't stop smoking yeah even though he'd throw you know he's like one of those fuckers who's like smoking through the hole in his neck and then yeah he ended up in like that same situation where like you know his dad's in the hospital he's just watching him die and he's like i hate you but i also feel like i failed man stuff like that with your parents will fuck you so up forever con- so conflicted yeah like, so fucking you know you end up getting fucked I mean, you because we're human, we care whether you know, abuse abusive parents or not. We we the goodness wants to care, and then you have to like. Ugh. I I'm just so happy for that dude though, because he he legitimately has always seemed like a great guy. Like he was one of the few like Instagram pages that actually was trying to do things that were productive. Like he, I mean, he's got a hundred something thousand followers, and every time around. Christmas, he like organized toy drives for little kids, and he was doing charity work and all this. And I'm like, he fought the fucking shout out to MMA nerds because he finally managed to graduate college after like three tries. He got a <laughs> he got a job. He uh, some some one of his followers who who was shockingly was a female and had followed his whole saga, like figured out that they lived in the same area and like Instagram stalked her, uh, stalked him. And he now has been his girlfriend of a year. He's like got like a like a job and a girlfriend, and it's like you know what? From the from the ashes of a dead father, you could you could have a a productive life if you move forward. So, MMA nerds, an inspiration to us all. I forgot where we. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that was it for Reddit question number one. Reddit question number two. If you woke up to find ninety nine point nine nine percent of the population disappeared overnight, what would you do? You got excited when you heard this one. Yeah, you're like pumped. You're like, "Fuck all these people!" So what? What is your? It sounds so, like you thought about this. Let, let's just okay. Let's just start with the fact that I, I used to not not it hasn't happened in years, but I used to kind of I wouldn't say fantasize, but I really did. I wasn't a prepper, but I was like, dude, if fucking zombies ever fucking came and attacked the world, what would you like? I always had like this kind of weird, goofy, fantastic like survivalist like what would you do if the if the shit hit the fan kind of you know um so yeah i've 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 thought i've planned out i have it's funny because i'm this is zombies survival shit right but i have a book written by max brooks who famously wrote um world war z Mm -hmm. um but this this book he wrote before that called um i think it's just called the zombie survival guide and he he gets pretty fucking detailed as like 
like he like which weapons to use as opposed to which ones you don't want to use and like like how to create a shelter like he gets pretty fucking like nitty-gritty specific on the things you should do and shouldn't do and like which clothes to wear which clothes not to wear and why and he just does a fucking really great job obviously it's it's all you know satire and fun but i've often thought like okay well what if you know martial law and that kind of stuff and you know fortunately i have a pistol not that i'm gonna you know, survive everything with a single pistol and 500 rounds, but it's something, you know, but there are like things that I've like, like, how do you, how do you uh, fortify your apartment or, or where do you like, do you fortify your apartment or do you find better shelter and, and things like that have uh, come across my mind. I think for sure, like in my mind, in, in my, again, fantastic dreams, um, like I go to California I pick my family up. I somehow get them back to Colorado where it's like, I think Colorado is just safer and more. Well, to be fair, if it was 99%, 99.9%, like probably not all your family yeah, still there. Let's just say one or two of them survive. But in my dreams, all of them do. God damn it. Don't fucking be a fucking party pooper. But uh, yeah, in my, in my, in my logic, um, you know, I go to California, get my family out of Cali cause Cali sucks and bring them over here to where, you know, it's in my mind, it's just safer more beautiful yeah so i'd also you know if there's less people dude i would totally you know go get the things i'd never been able to afford and just like kind of hoard like cool shit and do the fun things i wanted to go go like explore places i've always wanted to explore and not have to i wouldn't have to go to work probably you know like i would just fucking just do you know fun shit go fishing (laughs) 99 percent of the world's gone and i'm gonna go fishing <laughs> okay what about you aaron all right well so i i wasn't envisioning this you know as a zombie apocalypse scenario i was uh-huh. thinking about more in terms of uh there's a show called the leftovers uh-huh. um i think that was on hbo it was good at least for the first like couple seasons i thought it was a really good show and the premise of that is just of the world's population just instantly vanishes. So most people are still there, but there's a lot of kind of confusion of like what, you know, like 140 million people just appeared. Like what the fuck happened? Where did they go? Like there's, there's a lot of um, religious themes that crop up because, you know, people think it was an act of God, so forth and so on. So I'm thinking like, what if it was the reverse? So instead of 2% of the world's population disappearing, it's, it's the flip where, you know, it's just 99%. They're just gone. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, that would be extra tough. That's like worse than the Thanos snap because... Thanos was just 50%. It was 50, right? Like 50%, the world can pretty much continue to function as it did. Yeah. You know, there's there's de- definitely going to be a lot of cheap real estate and, and uh, some job vacancies. Yeah. But, you know, you still have like all your engineers and there's enough people to keep uh, running the world as it was. 99% gone? I mean, that's, let's, let's actually, let's hold on, hold on. Let's, let's do that. Let's, so, so there's, there's so 8 billion. One of the things, one of the things going back to my answer is one of the things you have to learn how to do is like sustain. So you have to learn how to farm. You have to learn how to like grow crops or food of some sort, right? You have to learn how to, even if it's just like, you know, silly shit like fucking zucchini and tomatoes and that kind of shit. Like you have to learn how to grow your own food that's just uh you know unless you were fucking like i said unless you hunt or you fish like i do you have to find ways to sustain yourself food wise so i imagine that's something that you'd probably want to 
Well, so, so there's, there's a couple of things. So, like, I mean, there, there's still going to, there's so many people in the world now. There still would be a lot of people, but initially like a lot of just basic things would start to break down. Like, like the grid would kind of run itself for, I don't know how long, like a couple weeks, a month maybe. Yeah. But so it's like, I think the first order of business is like, okay, what shit would you have to do before society just starts to collapse? Cause there's not people there to maintain it anymore. So, I mean, the first thing is like, I would, I would just go to Best Buy, <laughs> which I'm assuming is easy to get into. I would just get all the giant solid state hard drives and I would just like make backup copies of the internet. Huh? The the internet would go down. Okay. Eventually. But like if everyone disappeared, like it would run for a while. Okay. So I, I would want to back up the internet. Like I'd want, basically my first order of business would just be preserving information. Cause I mean, I'm building this, this house and I've been able to do a whole bunch of shit from YouTube. Uh, I'm not going to, try to like save every YouTube video, but I'd want to just like preserve information so I can figure out how to farm. So I can figure out how to do this stuff. Like there's a lot you can accomplish if you just have that kind of like step-by-step knowledge. Yeah. And yeah, like you're saying, like you're not going to be able to bank on finding people who can do all that stuff for you. You might have to do it yourself. So like, I want to know, I'd want to know how to uh, actually put together a solar system. So like a solar roofing panel system, mm-hmm. right? Because the the materials will be easy to get. You can just drive to a supplier and just load a bunch of shit back, you know, in, into my truck. But how do you actually install it? Like, well, be you know, you can't really count on somebody. So like that's that's actually probably one of the first things I would do. I would go to the internet while it was still working and just download like videos, like articles, everything about how to make like a functioning off-grid home because everything will be off-grid pretty soon. So like, how do I do solar panels? How do I, how, how do I make a dry well by myself? Mm-hmm. Not a dry well, a, um, a well. Yeah. Like a water do, well. Basically like I would want to get every piece of knowledge that I could about how to make like a fully sustainable off-grid home. And then, yeah, the, the resources, like the things that are hard now, like, getting the lumber and then building materials and all that, like that's easy mode. Right. Um, and there's, there would still be plenty of gasoline for a while, but the hard part is like, how do you fucking put it all together? It'd be a lot of gasoline for a long time. If 99.9% of the population is gone, you can think about all the cars with full tanks of gas that are not going to be used, mm-hmm. you know? So you'd be able to run generators and all that shit for a long time based on the limited, "Quote unquote, no longer limited." You can so yeah, took took me a second to get there. Mm-hmm. I go, I rob the shit out of Best Buy for solid state hard drives, <laughs> and then I get all the information I need to build sustainable off grid homes before the internet dies. Cool. Some of the redditors' answers to that question: user trying to read twenty four seven writes, "Move into someone's awesome home." I like how uh, someone responded to his answer with. Bill Murray's house is nice. <laughs> if you've seen Zombieland, the first one, you know what that's a reference to. Um, user Vigif85724 writes, download as much information as I can before the internet goes out. Yeah, kind of the same thing. I think mm-hmm. I think you got to be more focused, though. User Raphos98012 writes, leave a comment and Reddit, and somehow still, people, still get people arguing with me. <laughs> um... Last one I'll read for that question. 
Use a rubber fist of love. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> writes, go back to sleep. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to sound... I th- I think the the U.S. for sure, certain areas of the U.S. have an overpopulation problem. And, um, man, sometimes I just wish I was a Thanos, man. I could fucking snap and make all these annoying fucks go away. That was it for Reddit. We are going to wrap the episode up with Binge or Purge, where we will review Willow. I'm still trying to figure out how many people would be left. But, yeah, let, let, let me do that at the end of the podcast. Uh, so... We were reviewing Willow, another Disney Plus show. We're coming on the heels of, of Andor, a Disney Plus show where they're like, let's take this world and make it really grounded and gritty and dark and interesting. You know what? Willow, not exactly that type of show. If you guys aren't familiar, it, Willow was a, a movie by LucasArts uh, back in the day. It was basically like they wanted to do Lord of the Rings and the Tolkien estate was like, hey, fuck off. And they're like, fine, we'll make our own. And there's a lot of similarities. There, there's a, a small person protagonist. But in this case, instead of um, you know using CGI or something, they used a uh, Warwick Davis who actually, I didn't know this, but he played one of the Ewoks. Yeah. In the third Star Wars, and, and George Lucas is like, I want to make this guy the main character. You know, instead of a ring, he's trying to carry a baby away from an evil queen. And it is a very sort of lighthearted, campy take on there's there's high fantasy, and this is like this is like fantasy light. They're like, Yeah, there's spells and yeah, there's a plot sort of, and yay, look, we're doing stuff. That's well, that's kind of the vibe of Willow. There's levels to fantasy to be to be fair. There's like Lord of the Rings, right? High fantasy, uh-huh. a lot of crazy shit. And then there's stuff like uh what's that fucking uh The Lost Crystal or the Last Crystal? Dark like, Crystal? Dark Crystal, that one. That's like hoity toity, you know, like little kids. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like somewhere in the middle, like tweens maybe. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably was. It's like Lord of the Rings for like preteens. Sure, sure, I mean, sure. That's the way. And, and you know, Lord of the Rings, it's steeped in in all this backstory and history. And they're like, ah, we don't want to do any of that. Let's just make a fun story. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't think the original movie was great. Some people loved it because it was like their first uh, introduction to fantasy. But so far... Despite a few objections here or there, I'm, I've been enjoying the show more than I did the movie. And I saw the movie back when I was a kid, and I was actually the target audience for it. So, do you have any just initial reactions to episodes one and two, which are the two that are out? I really, really enjoyed Willow as a little kid. Like I, I was what like I was also probably part of the target audience, mm-hmm. and to see like this little, you know, you're a kid, mm-hmm. so to see a little person like do great thing big things it's kind of like yeah i can be a hero i could be a superhero too like it, it gives you that kind of like i don't know false sense of hope that like you can do something even if you're fucking little otherwise <laughs> have, useless have, little... have you given up on that hope that you can do oh, yeah. something important and you're yeah, like yeah yeah no, like I, no i'm just a fucking person um but then you introduce the characters like mad martigan played by val kim so i fucking loved there's a little brownie little fucking sprite brownie kid guy things that were like I thought they were fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. The baby was a cute little baby, and and I just thought it was a fucking cool little badass movie. I enjoyed like you know adult movies like or Back to Slots Nine. No, you said adult movies. Yeah. what are you talking about? No, I mean like uh, like fantasy, but more suited for adults. Like you know, back then there was Conan the Barbarian and Red Sonia and all these other eighties mm-hmm. 
fantasy movies. The Conan movies actually very just just one or two scenes away from being porn. They're they're if you remember the costume choices and the the uh-huh. these sort of grunts and sound effects, very close to porn if you think about it. Sure. Lots of chest oil on Arnold. So um so yeah, that so then when they announced that they were making a Willow, you know, I guess it's a sequel to the to the initial movie. I was excited. I was like, "Fuck yeah, let's do this shit." I don't care that I'm fucking forty one years old. Obviously, there's the nostalgia effect, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was really looking forward to watching it. And that the fact that they reprised um, Warwick Davis, Warwick Davis in it, I was like, "Fuck yes, even better." You know, it just pays homage to the original, you know, movie and everything. So I was super excited. First two episodes. I don't know if I'm on board quite yet. I'm not fully sold, but I'm also not disappointed either. Like I'm, I'm hopeful. Okay. Yeah. I mean, at this point I have skepticism with every Disney show because Disney keeps doing this thing with the exception of Andor, where I think the show starts really well. And like the first couple episodes, I'm like, Oh, this has a lot of promise. And then it just doesn't deliver down the stretch. So I sort of take everything with a grain of salt. I think the other thing for me that was was a little bit tricky was thinking back, I was probably a little bit in a different spot than you were when I first saw it. Because my, my first introduction to fantasy was Lord of the Rings. The book or? The book. Yeah. So, I mean, the way it, my dad always used to read to me when I was little. And what he would do was read books that were like a little bit. Was that a slight rubbing it in, you fuck? <laughs> that I knew that I that I that I both knew my dad and he knew how to read. I asshole. What? I knew my dad, but no, my parents didn't, reading didn't know how to read. No, they didn't read to us. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, anyway. no, that's that's a, that's a definitely like suburban white people thing for sure. Yeah. It doesn't have to be though, you know. No, hell no, it doesn't. Like you know how to read, right? I know how to read. Yeah, you read. You read Florida Man. You could Mondo. One day you could you could read Florida Man's articles to your to little Mondo. Yeah. Or Mondo Jr. If I ever get kids, but whatever. But yeah, so he would always read books that were a little like above my reading level where I couldn't read them myself. Yeah. And so I was in fourth grade when he read me The Fellowship of the Rings. And I was just so into that fucking story. How long did it take for him to read that? Did he read the entire thing? Yeah, I mean, it would take a long time. It would be so he would read to me for like an hour, and sometimes if it was a really good part, like two hours. I remember because I remember begging my dad, like, please, like, don't. What happens next? Keep going. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, that really made an impression because some of those stories were really good. He was actually a pretty good narrator. Like, he was just good at at reading to the point where I've told him, like, Dad, you need to uh, reach out to Audible. You know, yeah, the second career. So he finished Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and it probably it was over over weeks and, and maybe months. And but then he he had to go away on an assignment, so he was gone for like a month, month and a half, something like that. And I'm just like sitting there, like fucking, what happens next? Like, <laughs> oh my god, like they just got to, you know. So I, so I on my own started reading the Two Towers, the second book, and then finished it. And then when my dad got back, he's like, "You finished the Two Towers? Well, if you read that, like, I guess my job work here is done. You can read anything." Let me ask you something. Did you comprehend like everything in the book or did you have to have like a dictionary next to you or something like that thesaurus or whatever to help you like kind of Yeah, no, I think I, comp- I understood everything. So a lot of a lot of it I had to I had what I had to get through context. I never would go back and and use a dictionary. There's definitely parts where I'd have to reread to kind of figure out exactly what they're saying. Got it. But yeah, a lot of the vocabulary I had at that age, I would just understand through context. So if you said 
define this word, I would have trouble telling you, but I just sort of knew what it meant. Right. So that was my first introduction. So I think when I saw Willow, I was like, eh, this is, this is not that exciting for me. But I took that skepticism into the series. Uh, and I think I was extra super, super skeptical in the beginning of the first episode. Did not like the beginning of the first episode. Was like, oh, this might be a show that ended up dropping pretty quickly. So with that in mind, Mondo, let's let's not beat around the bush and, and try to... We're going to go full spoilers, heavy okay. spoilers. Yeah, we, there's only two episodes out. So if you haven't watched them, sorry, guys. So, let, so let's just go through the first and second episodes kind of quick. We can maybe talk about some of the things we didn't like, that we liked, and how that projects for the rest of the series. So... Uh, the f- episode one of, of Willow is called The Gales. To me, that, that sounds like some like really aggressive soccer moms. It's The Gales. <laughs> they talk the, shit like... The Gales. Your kid fouled my kid. I'm going to report you to... Like, okay. But... Uh, and it, and it, so it, it opens with this like sword fight scene uh, where it's like, oh, Disney, are you doing the strong female protagonist sort of, you know... Yeah. Mondo, I got to ask, did, did you get kind of lesbian vibes early on? Mm, yeah. No, not at first. No? Not at first. Not until it was apparent and obvious. I was like, oh, man, did you have... That That fucking pissed me off. Like, that was like... So, okay. So, table that. I, I jumped the gun a little bit. But I, I remember watching that. I'm like, maybe... And I was I was thinking, like, God, maybe I'm, I'm being too judgmental here. But I feel like they intentionally had her have a short haircut. And I, I, I sense some sexual tension in this scene. Where there's a little little back and forth, both in you know they're Mondo, they're, they're crossing swords. <laughs> I don't, you know, not everything has to be innuendo, but some things are innuendo. It would it would have been funnier if they had scissors and they were <laughs> scissor fighting. <laughs> uh, well, you know, there's that that line by Sigmund Freud: sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. And then George Carlin was talking about that. He's like, yeah, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. And sometimes it's a big brown dick. <laughs> so so there was that. And uh, so, yeah, the main the main character's name is Kit. And then her her maybe question mark lesbian lover is... Would you say there is a main character or is well, it... Well, that's what I thought okay. at that point. Because gotcha. you, usually in a show like this, the first person they introduce is going to be your MC. Right. That's kind of how it works. So I'm thinking it's going to be going to be Kit, and she's very boastful and kind of arrogant in their sword fight, as she gets called out by her lesbian lover from the Flag Smashers. <laughs> did you did you catch that? That that girl's done great for herself. She was she was in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't know who that girl is. Do you remember Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, I remember. Remember the main like antagonist? Oh, that was her. Yeah, same same I, I, same she, actress. She looks she looks a lot younger in this one. I. I Maybe because the character in the Falcon Winter Soldier is supposed to be like a little bit older, still a kid, but a little older. I don't know. Well, so anyhow, we it's it's Kit, and she she's a princess. Uh, and, and again, I was trying. I'm like, oh no, are we doing the Gladriel thing where we make her extremely overpowered but equally unlikable? Because yeah, she's just talking all kinds of shit during the sword fight, and then uh, late, later in the episode. That you know she she is to be betrothed to a prince to unite the kingdoms and it and it had that very like um, CW vibe of like I want to love who I want to love leave me alone and she has like a whole outburst from like dude like this is probably not the way to go about it you know you're putting this dude you, this this prince on blast like in front of everyone not cool not cool kid 
honestly, my first impression when I saw it, the way that they transitioned, like the kind of the backstory into like little sword fight with the two girls, mm-hmm. I was thinking that that little the 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 light skinned red headed black chick girl. I thought that was gonna be Elora Dannon. Yeah, because the baby had red hair. Right. So I thought, okay, she like like um. I forget the the queen's name, but I uh, I I thought she was like hiding her in plain view by making her like her daughter's like best friend. Yeah, oh, and I think they did that intentionally too. Right. So I I thought like it it kind of threw me for a loop. And that would be Mondo. If you think about it, that would be extra devious. Where they're like, oh my god, she turned the baby black because <laughs> <laughs> she was white in the original. Like they'll never think of this. Yeah. To make her black with freckles, they'll never get it. Yeah. So yeah, when I saw that, and then, uh, and then uh, no, I, I I like that kind of the the sword fighting, the the quick back and forth. Uh, for sure, the the daughter kit is like supposed to be like paying homage to Val Kilmer's character, the way she dresses, the way she kind of talks shit a little bit. Here's the one thing, but I, he was likable when he did it, right? Right. Here's the one thing that I like. The biggest bone to pick that I have with the series so far mm-hmm. is is the kit character especially when she's when she speaks she's speaking in like Mo- modern m- modern current terms yeah and like that's not how willow was shot like willow was shot with like where well, there was a little bit of old timey speak and mm-hmm. but but it was more plain speak where it could pass off or you know for, uh you know uh speak of that time Whereas, like, this girl's, like, talking with, like, well, fucking... Well, you're you know. right. It's, and it's her in particular. Because wh- when I was talking about that scene when she's talking shit to the prince, she opens by going, so we're getting married. That's weird, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. like, that was a little bit jarring where I, I don't have a problem with them having a little bit more modern speech. Because on the flip side, I think in the Rings of Power, sometimes it... it was also jarring where they were like really trying to be archaic in their speech patterns and they're over pronouncing all their, they're like, we want to be authentic and it's, we're going to Mordor. It's like, you just, just say Mordor, you fuckers. There, there are ways, there are ways that the writers could have been more clever about using, you know, the language of their time, but saying phrases mm-hmm. that are kind of current phrases. Uh, but well, th- you, you said writers clever. I think yeah. we hit on upon a problem there. Yeah, and that's not maybe their forte. So the, the so the other the other two you know, main characters that are introduced early are Prince Fuckboy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that actor. You like Prince Fuckboy? I like that actor, dude. Uh, he's a fuckboy. I, I you know what? But I do give him credit because when we introduced, it's like one of the the queen's uh, hands or something is going to to fetch him because uh-huh. there's this this you know, betrothal thing with the, with the prince. And he's like, just making out with a chick under a tree. Yeah. And there, he's like, Oh, he's uh hunting in the West woods. It's like, and, and everybody, everybody knows. Cause he's Prince Fuckboy. They're like, Oh, he's Prince Fuckboy. He's he, going to fuck. He instantly reminded me of game of Thrones. The, the one that fucks his sister. Jamie. Yeah. He instantly reminded me of kind of like this suave oh, kind of. Oh, both that. Well, hold on. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Pause. Okay. Uh, I give him credit though, because after after the guy leaves and and or maybe it was before, like the the uh, the girl he is seducing is like, oh, I've heard terrible things about you that are all untrue, and he's like, eh, no, some of them are probably true. Yeah. So at least he owns it, you yeah. know. It's if if uh, a character has some negative qualities but they own up to them, 
makes them a lot more likable. Yeah, they're just redeem- redeemed. I don't. Yeah, kinda. so I don't. I don't know if it it completely redeems him because you know the, early on they set they set up his character flaw that he's unreliable and he's not going to be there for people and so forth and so on. But th- so then we have the whole betrothal thing where Kit has the outburst and she she's makes it super awkward for for her would be spouse. Uh, would, did you have a, a particular problem with that scene or? Uh, no. Cause if, I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's kind of a common, uh, uh theme where like a trope. Yeah. You, you like to use that word a lot. Um, it's a common theme where like, there's arranged marriages where the girls like fucked or the guy are like, fuck this, this arranged marriage bullshit sucks. And they, they're not really keen on it. Um, I, I use it because theme means something else. And what you're talking about is trope. Sure. Sure. Is there an other word you can use other than trope? That that would be what you're describing, right? But I'm I'm sure like that's there, the word for it. I'm sure there are more than one word for that. There's anyway type typecast whatever. Anyway, there's probably other words we can use. Moving on, yeah, I, like there's a lot of there's been a lot of times where people use that like that re- recurring you know oh my god the, the arranged marriage are they happy are they going to be happy with it. Um, do they fall in love ultimately? Do they, they do they yeah. earn each other's love or do they say fuck this shit, you know, and just go their separate ways? That that whole there's that whole blow up. She puts the prince on blast. She tells like kind of a weird meandering story, and then she 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 gets sent to her room, <laughs> her, her, and her by her mom who's also very unlikable. And I, and early on I'm like God, are we, are we just gonna have tons of unlikable characters? Are we doing the Rings of Power thing again? Yeah. No. Uh, but then, then you see Prince Fuckboy. He's trying to he's trying to smooth things over. He's trying to he's like, hey, I talked to the prince. He's he's not a bad guy. I'm gonna go talk to the king. Like it's cool, chill out. And and you're like, okay, maybe maybe the prince and Prince Fuckboy aren't so bad. And they had that little that little speech where he's like, don't worry, like I'll never leave you. I'm not going anywhere like dad. I'm like, oh, they've got daddy issues. <laughs> um, and I don't. I don't know, but if you got if you got that vibe early, that's when I was like, "Ooh, Lannister vibes!" No, right then, right when he's like, "I'll never leave you," I was like, "Oh, man!" I, I never got uh, incense incest vibes there. <laughs> you always, could, you always see, have incense vibes in I, your apartment. I could see how you you. I mean, I could see how one could, but I was like, "Nah, that's not." They're, Mondo, they're twins. Yeah, they look re- do they do look remarkably alike. Yeah, and I was like. He's twins in a fantasy story. He said he'd never leave her. Like Disney, are you are you gonna do this? Are you gonna do? No, and then and then yeah, no, it wasn't that. So, not to um, go on uh, too long, but th- then uh, the the not too long after that, the uh, well, Pr- Prince Fuckboy tells the the girl from under the tree that he's changed his ways. And like she's his one true love, and he gives her a, a friendship bracelet. <laughs> like, um, did, did you believe him? Did yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You thought I he did. was sincere. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, because Kit. I, that was the other part. Kit talked a lot of shit. She was like, just to hammer home that she was unlikable. She was. She told him that he was unreliable, and he leaves everyone, and no one can ever count on him. I was yeah. like, damn, that's harsh. Even if it's true. Like he's your. You know, quasi uh, twin lover. You know, you can't talk to him like that. And then, so then the castle is attacked by the X Men. <laughs> how, sure. how else would you describe that? Yeah, yeah, okay. The X Men, the X, the bad men, X Men. It, it's like it's like a. T- sorry, I don't. I didn't read X Men that much. Was it? Was there like a a evil X Men? No, you know what they did remind me of? They reminded me of Thanos's uh, four horsemen guys. Mm, the, the, that's good. There were four of them. Yeah. 
And they all have, they all have like weird superpowers. They all have different like whips. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then they abduct Prince Fuckboy. <laughs> they take him away. And I was like, oh wait, are we doing the the rescue the princess? But it's it's Prince Fuckboy. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. That would be Mondo. That would be another trope. Yeah. Your favorite word. Uh-huh. Um, but it was a little bit of a twist, right? Instead of a, a damsel in distress, it was a prince in distress. Did did that do anything for you? I mean, I I no, no, that one I was I was okay with that because because knowing knowing what Disney has been doing to everything and trying to flip everything on its head and make it okay to be a lesbian mm. and, a, and all this shit. Wait, are you saying it's not okay to be a lesbian? You, you know what I'm getting at, but I'm saying like the whole girl power, all this stuff that they're trying to push down our throat for them to flip something like that on this, on its head. It was kind of like, all right, I accept that. Whatever the go, the the boy is the one that they're trying to rescue. Okay, well, and I had no problem with that. I but I was like, why? why? Yeah, <laughs> why are you abducting him? Like this doesn't didn't make a whole lot of sense to me in the context of the story. Hopefully, they end up having a good explanation and payoff for that. Yeah. So he's probably because otherwise that character is kind of useless. They want to make the girls more badass, girl power. You know, so if it's the girls doing the rescuing, it, it's you know shoving that thing down our throat as opposed to. The usual, the boy is going to save the princess. You, you know. seem very worried about Disney shoving things down your throat. Yeah, they do that a lot. Um, how does it make you feel? I don't know. You don't like it? No. Violated. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mondo, show me on the doll where Disney touched you. <laughs> um, but, the, oh, but then, one of my favorite characters, in the middle of the, the, the battle of Thanos' Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, or whatever they're called... They, the, the gales. The, the whole the whole time, the queen has been keeping a prisoner in this dungeon, chained up, who she just like goes down to chat with. I don't really understand the nature of that relationship. Yeah, but she's like, "Oh, we gotta let this guy out." Yeah, and I remember thinking, like, "Dude, like, can you give him a m- minute to warm up? Like, he's been chained up in this dungeon. Like, he can't even <laughs> move around. I mean, surely there's been some muscle atrophy, and you're just gonna send him out into battle." But that that was the first time where I was like, "Oh, okay, maybe there's some hope for the show." Because I I don't know who that actor is, but they were also giving him really dumb, campy lines. But I thought he could pull them off. It was sort of like that Harrison Ford thing where if anyone else was trying to deliver the Harrison Ford lines from the original Star Wars trilogy, I don't think it would have worked. But he could just make it. And that character I thought was great. He's okay. Yeah, I like him. You know, he'll grow, I'm sure. The show's still in its early stages. Or, or maybe not character. I thought the actor was great, is what I was trying sure, to say. Sure. I thought he did a really good job. Sure. I liked the part. There was one part where, uh, you know, they're, they're assembling a, a, a questing party to go save Prince Fuckboy. And the queen tells him that all of his, you know, to, uh, Borman is the character's name. The one who's the one in the dungeon, she's like, all your charges will be dropped. And he's like, everything? Like, even the thing with the, I can't remember what it was, something, where, and he's like, with the, the haberdashery. And she's like, yes, even that. He's like, I just like the feel of velvet on my skin. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. Okay, writers. It was really rocky in the yeah. beginning, but I felt like once they started introducing other characters, I felt like it got better. So they they all they all go out on a quest. Um, it's it's Borman. And Kit and her lesbian lover question mark and uh, ra- ra- random guy from the Queen's guard. I think that's who he was. Who's the old guy? Yeah, he was like one of the captains of the guard or something like that. He was yeah, he was like a, a higher up stature of of the Queen's guard or King's guard or whatever knights or some shit. I don't remember exactly. But. V- very courageously, might I add, 
volunteers to go out because yeah. like the main captain was gonna go and he's like no like you have to stay here and protect the castle like i'll go and it's you know i'm like dude you're, you're kind of old man are you, are you ready to go out in this dangerous well, we, we know now we know why it's just like the the kind of the expendable guy sort of kind of you know what i mean to, yeah to the point where like we don't even know his name yeah and yeah so just jumping forward a little bit and this is like one of the parts in the first episode that really kind of bothered me is like right when they get out into the the sort of uh, the wilderness per, past this magical barrier that's protecting their whole kingdom, that character was saying like, it's like you always have to be alert or you could die at any and time. And then he just an arrow through the nutsack or something. It was like right through his chest. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait, did they just play this character's death as a laugh line? Yeah. And then they escape. It was a cool escape, but they're like quipping right after it happens. They're like, see, this is why you can't. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Did this not affect anyone? Yeah. And the the escape and and jumping horses off of a cliff. Cool, cool <laughs> sequence. It's like a little bit worried for the horses. How'd you convince the horse to do that? I told him to stop. <laughs> and, I, and and it's like you know what? Yeah, we're just not going to think too much about that. Yeah. That was not a sufficient explanation, but I was so like, are we not going to talk about the member of our party that got shot through the arrow, uh, through the chest with an arrow? Like, they never bring it up again. Yeah. They're just like, ah, whatever. Yeah. Shit happens. Uh-huh. I'm like, are they all sociopaths? But see, in the 80s movies, that's like, if you think about it, really think about it, 80s movies were all about that shit. Like, they mm-hmm. introduce a character, they kill him off, and they don't like, there's no, they never had room for the actors to grieve or show, like, the characters to, like... You know, they would just move on. Well, and see, that's that's why this was a little disappointing to me because if you look at a show uh, like Cobra Kai, also based off of a very campy '80s movie, and they kept that same vibe, but were able to sort of expand and have room for some emotional nuance. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why it's so great. And so far, Willow is like, nah, fuck all that. <laughs> yeah, I, again, I was okay with them moving on because it's a series and. I would rather them move on with the plot than to like take a little too long to like have them. Like, it, it could have been if it's a thirty-second scene. Okay, sure, but I was fine without it. Big deal. Excuse me. So anyhow, through all this, Prince Fuckboy's uh, under the tree lover, who aka Muffin Girl, has decided that she's also going to go rescue him. Yeah, which that was one where it, it was like stupid and it was illogical, but. I was a lot more on board with that and like her being kind of like girl power than Kit and her girl girl yes, power. Yes. Like it, it felt more organic where she's like, I don't care. I'm fucking going to go. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, and, and there's, there's that part or there's scene where they, they definitely go their own way and she goes, she does some crazy shit to like catch up to the group. It's kind of like, oh, okay. Well, they, they try to send her back. Right. And she's like, okay. And then she just, keeps, she just keeps going on her own. Yeah. And has to like walk over this, uh, this like tree bridge over a giant chasm. Yeah. That, that's one where it's easier to root for someone who, um, is both somewhat, uh, humble and is, the, is the underdog. Right. Whereas Kit Kit is is neither of those. Well, um, Kit Kit is coming from a, a no no offense, but she's coming from a privileged yeah. life, and she's just for the most part she's kind of a, a little bitchy character. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, talks shit to her brother, to her mother, to everyone involved. Like not very likable. And there's this girl who humble beginnings. She's uh, one of the um, I don't know bakers or whatever. Yeah. She works in the kitchens. Well, well renowned in the kitchens for her she, muffins. She's super uh, fawning over the Prince Fuckboy character. So like she's she's clearly more likable from the get go than Kit. 
Yeah, because that's the <laughs> that's the other part too. Where, where she, it's like she's going out on this quest, completely. You know, where where some of the female characters in Disney properties are overpowered. She's like super underpowered at this point. Like she's got nothing. She 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 can make a mean stew and some good muffins. She just charges out. I don't know about you, but I'm also thinking like, is she gonna save him and be like, yeah, you know what about the whole betrothal thing? Uh, you you kind of have a feeling that that at some point he was gonna break her heart anyway. So you think, dude, he's Prince Fuckboy. I don't, I don't think again again. I I'm I'm convinced. I I I believe his um, he he's sincere when he. You know, says that he he really cares about this girl and all that stuff. And then you, and then you and all the girls that Prince Fuckboy oh, has fucked before. By the way, we find out that the little baker muffin girl turns out to be Elora Dannon. Well, yeah, that's that's the very okay. So that's the the very end of the episode. Like they make it past the the bone hunters or whatever the hell they were called. They were chasing them, and they the the party gets to Willow's village. Yeah. Which has all been hidden because apparently <laughs> it's it's very it's very dangerous past this magical barrier. And, you know, the episode ends with, uh, there's like one of the, what were they called? The Nelwyn? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. They're, they're, they're the not hobbits for copyright reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the one's like, oh yeah, I'm Willow, but uh, I don't want to go. And, and then the real Willow comes out and he sees Muffin Girl and he's like, oh, you're Laura Dan. And he goes to this whole thing. It's like, it's like, and she's like, what? And he's like, yes, you're Laura Dan and the high priestess and the savior and the chosen one. And you're Neo from the matrix. And you're like, and he's going through the whole thing. Yeah. And then there's sort of this, like, and I thought the timing of that and her delivery was excellent. Cause there's this, there's this like beat where she's like taking it in. And she's just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I thought, I thought comedically that worked great. And it sort of, sort of sets up the whole thing. So, like, right from that part, I was on board. I'm like, oh, we've got – is it cheesy? Sure. But it's a fantasy you know, a fantasy story, and we've got a quest, and we're saving a damsel in distress who happens to be a fuckboy. And, like, the, the like one of, the, like, the most likable female characters is actually, like, she's the one. It's not Kit. I'm like, all right. Okay, Willow. Yeah. I'm a, I, will, I will hear you out. Hear you out. So, I was, I was on board. Not, like, completely on board. St- still skeptical, like I said. Was there anything else that that popped out from that first episode the, for you? Uh, the only other character we did not address that's part of the party is the the guy that's supposed to be betrothed to Kit. Good call. Um, that character there, uh, believe it or not, he's in, he's been in a lot so of so many things. He's been in a lot of really good uh, movies. A lot of uh, what's that guy's name? Wes Anderson, I think, is the the, the director that makes. Um, anyway, he's he's a pretty good actor. So initially, you see the character like, hey, this character is like doesn't seem to be very important, but just like in um, just like in Andor, like when they cast a more or less higher profile character to a minor role, you're like, okay, something's up. They they cast this character for a reason, and um, and yeah, that that kid, that kid's like like. You find out that there's more to him than just like, oh, he's just like this bored prince being married, you know, off. I, I like him. I like him he, too. He, he had one of the funnier lines as well in the first episode because when Kit says she's going to go out into the, you know, the wilds or whatever and save Eric and his his dad is like, he's like, you're going to let your betrothed go out and, you know, without you? He's like, he's like. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not ideal, but I'll, I'll manage. Just like, mm-hmm. all right, that's keep that same energy. I like that. Yeah. Um, you know, he was in. What, what, I'm blanking on the name. There was that that uh, series 
that we reviewed with the chef and like the baby and all the r- religious iconography. The fuck was that called? The chef and the baby and the religious iconography. Yeah, yeah. And um, and, and there's like the nanny, who's who's got like kind of weird power, and she makes the a baby a baby, uh, fake doll become a real baby. Do you not remember the show? Did I watch that one? Yes, we talked about it. We did a whole episode on it. Um, no, servant. You probably servant. Think, okay, yeah. Was um, he not in that? Yeah, but we didn't review that. I, I think you talked to me about We definitely reviewed it because I remember doing the cover art for it. But yeah, he, he's been on a bunch of stuff. I, I like that character. Just like you said, he, he's very unassuming. He's not he's not an initially brave character. And you find out like, oh, he also did not want to marry Kit, which is understandable. And he's also Flash Thompson from the uh, Marvel Spider-Man. I've got nothing else to add to the episode, do you? No. Uh, do, do you want to keep doing Willow as it comes out? Yeah, we could. We since we only did one episode, and we we did we did a good uh, twenty five minutes on it alone. So okay. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good day. Bye bye. Hey everyone, Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say, on behalf of myself and Aaron, that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you. 